today it's important that Christians vote and, and remove ourselves from the restrictions of a party platform and realize that we're going to have to stand before the Lord uh, one day um, and give an account for the actions done um, in the body. Today, when I see people that uh, just have no conviction, you know, because the parents or the grandparents go ahead and said, go get an abortion because, you know, we don't want the baby. And then when you guys show me those pictures, I was very, I mean, very touched by that. Mm -hmm. It made me angry, mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, I have to be forgiving. Mm -hmm. But people have to understand and they have to learn they can't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, and unless they see pictures of babies that are being ripped apart you know, I mean, piece by piece, I don't think people get the picture. Mm -hmm. And that is my prayer, that all these people rebelling today that are being lied to, mm -hmm. that they will come to know Christ. That's my, my goal. And the Bible says that before we were formed in the womb, God already knew Under us. no circumstance should any life face the tragedy of abortion. We, the church, we, the church, have a responsibility to protect the unborn children and vote against abortion. Over the course of the past five months, our nation has literally been flipped upside down. Uh, beginning with this coronavirus pandemic and everything that has resulted from that, from businesses being closed for really in the first time in our nation's history, to seeing our churches across America being closed, and the economic crisis that has been the result of that. And following shortly after that, we saw and have been seeing continually almost in every major city in our nation, the riots that are taking place. Uh, civil unrest is eminent over the past few weeks. California, parts of Oregon have been on fire. We are definitely living in some challenging times. Um, and it is our desire during these times um, as Christians, as Americans, as a church, is to equip the body of Christ. That has been our aim in these uh, podcast installments. And unfortunately, in past elections, only one in four Christians has voted. And that's a problem. We are living in a different America today. Today I'm joined by our own pastor, Pastor Raul Reese, Pastor Scott Salamat, and Pastor Sean McKeon. We're here in the Somebody Loves You studio, and we are doing our second installment of the We the Church podcast. Uh, today's topic is going to be a abortion. It's gonna be a heavy topic, a weighty topic, but a necessary topic. Mm -hmm. If you haven't watched our last installment that we did, we encourage you to go back and listen to the last podcast that we did on marriage. And as we've been saying, we're seeking to equip the body of Christ to vote biblically, uh, to divorce ourselves from a political affiliation and to stand before the Lord and vote uh, according to a biblical um, ethic. Today, it's important that Christians vote and, and remove ourselves from the restrictions of a party platform and realize that we're going to have to stand before the Lord uh, one day um, and give an account for the actions done um, in the body. Um, and today what I want to talk about is this issue of abortion. But before I do that, Pastor Al, you've been talking a lot about the nation today and that it's an, a different America and the significance and the importance of this year's election and why it's important that a Christian vote. Pastor Al, as a as a pastor, as a veteran, as a father, as a grandfather, how important is this upcoming election? I think it's very, very important because either we go communism is going to come, socialism is going to come right in, or we can turn the country around through prayer. This is the first time I've ever seen what's happening right now. I've never seen this before. 
I was right. in the Jesus People Movement in the 60s. When I came back from Vietnam, we had the, uh, the rebellion, you know, of the hippies and all these people that uh, hated the, the American Army, Marines, and, I mean, the whole armed forces. But, you know, when I got saved, I began to see that God was saving those people. And that is my prayer that all these people rebelling today that are being lied to, mm -hmm. that they will come to know Christ. That's my, my goal. Scott, it's important that we, especially in times like this, as Pastor Al was just saying, that we, we do have the mind of Christ in this election. You have been working um, with youth for years now. Um, how do you see the outcome of this year's election um, affecting the youth in the long term? Well, it goes back a little bit longer than that. I mean, we, we, I do work with youth a lot, and it's funny, every two, three, four years, you see kind of the attitude of the kids change because we're such a social media driven society and the kids get a majority of their information, their entertainment and their education online. Um, they're being spoon fed a lot of lies, a lot of garbage. And I think the big challenge for us as pastors, as youth pastors, as senior pastors is constantly giving them the truth, the truth, the truth, the truth. Is this current election all about the Bible? No, but it is about right from wrong, left from right. It's really plain. Uh, I'm going to say one side definitely stands for the right of life, and the other one stands for the right of making a choice and believing that your body is your is your you know your own. We don't have that right. And young people are being told more and more that even though they're young people, that their voice can be heard, and it can, but they don't have the right to vote yet. And, and they're still young people and we need to like kind of instruct them and share with them and teach them and show them what God's word says about why this is such an important thing. Not the election, but the issues. The election is, is super important, but the issues that are represented are even more important. That's why they got to vote. They got to get ready for this because it's going to affect them the next time the next election comes around. And I think one key thing that I, I, I pray is the the thread throughout all of these podcasts, what you just said, is that of truth. And that's mm. what we're seeking to put before people. We're going to talk about truth today as it pertains to, and all of the podcast installments, the, and the first one we did on marriage, we gave the biblical truth, the biblical understanding of marriage and what God's design is for marriage. And then today, what does the Bible say? What is the truth about abortion? And a lot of times, um, the world right now, when when you give them the light, they love the darkness, and they they like to they scream when the light is shined on the reality of their own deception. And so that is our goal. That is our aim in the midst of this: is to speak the truth in love. Because the, go ahead. You know what? When we talk about abortion, I think abortion should be really changed to murder. Mm -hmm. instead of abortion that would be a great title because that's what it's about the killing of babies yeah. you and, know and absolutely and we're going to get to that we're going to get yeah. to in, in, in a little bit pastor i'm going to ask you uh, what the biblical view of abortion is because i think it's important i know it's important to set that record straight um because the word of god is our standard for right and for wrong um and we need to continue with that theme, and that's what we're seeking to do here is set the Bible as a standard of all truth and place ourselves into subjection of Scripture. There's so much going on in the culture right now. There's so much going on in the world politically. There's so much going on in the church today, Sean. There's so many issues that are taking place, and sometimes we can feel this pressure to be... Um, 
I guess you could say, overly informed when there's so many voices that take place. But how important is it to be informed right now and to view everything that's taking place in the world and culture and politics through the lens of Scripture? Scripture is so important. And, you know, one thing that's important for us as well is that God has created um, the human being as it's a creation of his and everything and his intellect and being able to reason as well. Um, it's phenomenal. We, you know, we live in a generation of computers or a way of life. We have iPhones. We have computers. Many people saw that that oh, that movie a few years ago. I forget what it was called. Uh, with the ladies that were the original computers. Remember that that story? Yeah. Uh, hidden figures. Yeah, hidden figures. Hidden figures. And it showed that like basically what the computer mirrored was the human brain, and, and being able to process a lot of information and being able to put that stuff out. And why I say that is because we as people need to be able to reason and critical think through the issues instead of just falling for norm. I, like what Pastor Wall was bringing up a second ago, that, you know, this actually should be changed from abortion to murder. Why, why does he say that? Because you have to go to the root of the source and what was really taking place. What Scott's talking about, um, he's talking about social media, and this is where we get all information. One thing that has changed in, in our days is uh, journalism. And journalism is really based on clickbait in a lot of ways. And so there's so much information that is skewed in a particular narrative that you have to question. And if you don't have the ability to critical think, you can't think through the process. And that's why we, we encourage the people to think. The Bible doesn't tell us to check our minds out of the door. Gee, uh, in the book of Isaiah, it says, Come, let us reason with one another. Though your sins be as blood as scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. He, ha- he wants to communicate with us. And I, I believe that the Lord desires us to, to engage and, and to communicate why we believe what we believe. Um, and I think if you really go through the, the sources of everything, all the information, and then as you line it up with the Bible, if you call yourself a Christian and you have a biblical worldview, which means you view the world through a biblical lens, what, would, what is pleasing to the Lord and what do I have the conviction to do or not to do? That's what the big thing I think that, that is challenging th- this world today. And I think that this is something that we have to encourage the younger generation to, to ask questions, to do research. And I would say that we're also is this about our own faith. There's a lot of people that are in false cults and false religions, and they know all their information. Um, but so, t- so often the Christians, they go through the motions, and they don't know the the beliefs of the bible who jesus is the holy spirit all that kind of stuff and sometimes they bring that same kind of lethargic attitude into the realm of politics and just go with the flow of popular opinion other than truth and i think it's important that we are definitive on what we are talking about and get into why as Raul was just sharing that abortion is murder and it's oftentimes premeditated murder. And I can already see uh, when this podcast airs the comments and how they're going to be going crazy. Yeah. But if you, you, you truly believe that you're a Christian, a Christian is one that is uh, submitted to, to God and subjects his or herself to the authority of Scripture. Since 1973, when the Supreme Court uh, ruled uh, abortion um, and made it legal in Roe v. Wade, there's been 63 million abortions. Yeah. 63 million children have died in the world since January uh, 1st of 2020. There's been 30 million 
abortions in the world, just in the course of, of, of nine months in this world. And so... 30 million in 2020? Yeah, since January wow. 1st. I, I saw that earlier, which is just phenomenal, because what you just said right now, 63 million in the United States, right, since mm-hmm. ni- uh, 1973, and just 30 million in the world in just one year? Yeah. It's a lot Crazy. Of in, the, in the United States of America, where nearly half of pregnancies are unattended, and four in 10 of these are terminated by abortion, there's over 3,000 abortions per day in our own country. Wow. 22% of all pregnancies in the United States and America, they end in, bor- in abortion. There's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. There's a severe problem. And I want to dive into that problem. I want to dive into the root of that problem, the, the satanic mm-hmm. uh, assault uh, on, on people and the deception and the enemies ploy to uh, destroy lives through that. But uh, Pastor Roll, why is it that why is it important that we're dogmatic and definitive on this statement that abortion has it's been extremely uh, passionate for you as of recently? It's been on your heart recently a lot. Why is that, and what does the Bible say about abortion? Well, first of all, when I see pictures, you know what a baby goes through. They say there's no life, you know, and they mm. take they rip them apart. Mm. I mean, as a father, as a grandfather, I know how much I love my sons. I don't know how much I love my grandbabies. And today, when I see people that uh, just have no conviction, mm. you know, because the parents or the grandparents go ahead and said, go get an abortion because, you know, we don't want the baby. And then when you guys show me those pictures, I was very, I mean, very touched by that. Mm. It made me angry, mm. you know, but at the same time, I have to be forgiving. But people have to understand, and they have to learn they can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and unless they see pictures of babies that are being ripped apart, you know, I mean, piece by piece, I don't think people get the picture. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, w- one thing that's important to understand, as it pertains to Scripture, um, what was the result uh, when God's people got to this place of aborting their children. Abortion is not a new ploy of the enemy, Scott. It's been, it's been something that has been practiced by God's people, unfortunately, when they've departed from the true and living God, and they gave themselves over to pagan and idolatrous practices. Um, if you would read the Chronicles, if you would read the Kings, it would talk about different kings who would allow their sons to pass through the fires of Baal. Uh, Talk about that, Scott. The, just the reality that this this idea of abortion and enem- and the enemy's ploy to 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 kill really. The Bible says that the thief doesn't come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's there's nothing new under the sun. Hmm. It's just coming in a different package by being culturally accepted. Hmm. Yeah, you know, um, it, it goes from back to the beginning when God gave the blessing to Adam and Eve. He said, "Be fruitful and multiply." Uh, we talked about we covered this issue a little bit when we were talking about same-sex marriages that basically goes against God's original design and his original commandment but then so does abortion too because if you take away marriage then you don't have traditional marriage and you don't have traditional childbirth then you take away childbirth and what happens you're breaking the commandment of God which he gives as a blessing to human beings to procreate to to, to bear life human beings are the only thing you know is the only person that, that he created us like him and the ability to recreate life like that and he's given us that blessing when we take the, the uh, life in our hands, and there's arguments, and the whole argument is, well, when does life begin? Well, life begins at exception. Uh, Jeremiah, right there on the wall, or Jeremiah 1, you know, in the womb, I knew you before you were, were born, you were sanctified. Before, before the, the, we were even created, God knew who we were. So we were a living being before the flesh was even created. We were a soul. 
and God created us. And I think that people say, well, because I can't see it, I can't feel it, I can't, you know, breathe on its own and take care of itself. It's not a life. And that's the argument that people want to justify, use to justify. But the truth is life is precious and it's a gift from God. And the minute that we begin to take the place of God and say that we can take life or alter life or change life or better life for someone else because it's an inconvenience, we're playing with fire. We're, we're playing God. And in essence, God won't stand for it. And he won't. He's going to. I was reading in Revelation when he talks about uh, all those, those souls that cry out from under the altar. You know, now he's talking about those that died for the faith. But how about all those innocent lives as well? Hmm. How, how, how much is that blood crying out to the throne room of God and saying, God, like, when are you going to avenge us? Hmm. It's going to happen one day. Hmm. I don't want to be on the other side. I want to be on the right side of this. And I believe that the defense of life should be universal. It shouldn't even be argued. It, it literally should not even be an argument to defend life. And that is something that's in our constitution. And yet on one side, we'll read that and just gloss, just gloss over that. Like that doesn't count. And it's sometimes it, 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 it infuriates people. It gets people very, very passionate. You can't, you can't be subjective when it comes to scripture either. You can't take all these promises of God and, and the, the, the ones that make us feel good, his, his protection, his provision, his presence in our life, salvation. And, and you can't, but you also have to take the, the wrath of God with that as well. And, and I, I, God will not be mocked. And the Bible talks so many times, Jesus in his own words, let the little children come to me. Mm. Um, he is the creator and the sustainer of life. It's, it's very simple. Death entered to, into this world the moment that Eve consented and Adam consented to Eve and mm. sin spread through this world. Mm. Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly. And the enemy is always seeking um, to destroy life. And he mm. does that, Sean. He does that through deception the bible says when he he speaks there's no truth in him he is the father of lies he is the master deceiver and one of these the great deceptions now that employ the enemy now is that this whole debate of when life actually begins mm -hmm. um years it wasn't too long ago where that wasn't even a debate that now now that it, that is the debate that is everything in when it pertains to abortion, the debate regards revolves around the topic of when life begins. I know Scott touched on it, but I think it's so important that we elaborate on this, Sean. The when life begins, and what does Scripture say about that, and why is it important that as we're talking about abortion, as we're referring to abortion being murdered, why does this topic revolve supremely around that question? Well. The scripture that, that Scott made reference to was the prophet Jeremiah, right? And like it says, God had a plan for his life when he was in his mother's womb. Paul actually echoes the same thing in his own letters as well, where it says that he was separated. He recognized he was separated to preach the gospel from his mother's womb. God had a plan. But also I think that even more detailed is what is written by David in Psalm 139. And in Psalm 139, he just marvels in God's creation and what he says in just verse 16, it says, you, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Hmm. Meaning, you saw the substance, the beginning of life. You, you knew that my first day, when I would come out of my mother's womb, and when I was in conception, and when I will take my last breath. And as you said, God is the originator and the creator of life. And there are people that are realizing this, and there are some that try to drown out the truth. Uh, a popular movie came out maybe a couple of years ago with that woman that 
was a part of Planned Parenthood for many years and actually what's her name Abby Johnson Abby Johnson had had many um, accolades for her or her work for Planned Parenthood until what happened for her she had a, a testimony where she was brought into an abortion that was taking place a lot of times she was just doing the business aspect of dealing with the people and counseling and getting them to sign and, and go through with the abortion but she was brought into the operating room and she was told to assist a doctor and what she what witnessed on the, the television screen is that when the doctor was going in to, to suction the baby out in a, in a horrible way that she saw the baby move away from the suction which means there was reaction there's pain coming and this child young probably a couple months old was resisting the affliction that they were going to take that moment transformed her life she is actually one of the big voices out there that is very pro-life and uh she came to a realization her eyes had been blinded like so many and this is why critical thinking is important because what you get is it's for women's health you know and it's you know woman's body and all this kind of stuff and putting individuals before what god's word says um Yes, in our est- and this is the other thing. We live in a selfish society a lot. So a lot of times it's just like, how is this going to affect my life mm-hmm. if I have this child or this guy's life or whatever it might be or what are my parents going to say? You know, as a child of God, you acknowledge decisions you make in your life and I, I would encourage, encourage you to really seek the Lord in these things. That's why it's so important to get an education. You know, even if something that we perceive as being a mistake or an accident and yeah maybe you fell into sexual sin and and this took place in your life but guess what god is a redeemer god no not only can god forgive you for your your sin but he could also use a life of that that young child in your womb that god is a god of mercy and a god of grace not only that there are so many opportunities like there are families that don't have the ability to have children and you know, even going through um, a pregnancy and putting a child up for adoption, even though it would be hard, there is a huge need for that as well. There are many options, and that's why you got to be able to communicate. But you do, you cannot just sugarcoat it from the fact of like you are really taking a life, mm-hmm. as the Bible says. God has a plan for that child in the mother's womb from conception, as a substance, in the beginning, and as that woman, uh, what uh, Betty. What's Abby her name? Johnson. Abby, Johnson. Abby, Abby Johnson again saw in a couple months span that what the Bible speaks of is actually true. And it's important that we go down this route because though we've made some dogmatic statements throughout the course of this time, which are all true, which are all biblical facts, and I mean, you even look in how this is going to affect our children and why it's important. I mean, there's, there's laws trying to be pushed and bills trying to be pushed where children can get an abortion without a consent. Mm-hmm. Uh, minors can get an abortion without a consent. That, that's horrible. And, and we say that because it's important that you understand our heartbeat pastorally as we're addressing these issues. Why a Christian needs to be dogmatic on this stance, um, especially on abortion, and why you must vote for a pro-life candidate. Uh, we've discussed the biblical view of abortion, but let's talk about the long-term effects. You hit on on it a little bit, Sean. Pastor Al, you've been doing ministry for almost 50 years now. I'm sure you have dealt with and seen many wiz- uh, women and dealt with many many men who have 
cause their girlfriends or wives or, or, or a person that they fell in sin with to, to go and get an abortion. Talk about the long-term effects because you sow and you reap. Yeah. Well, they've come in to talk to me, and you can see the hurt, mm-hmm. the guilt, you know, the conviction, and they don't think that God can forgive them. And then on the other side, I've met some very selfish people that they, uh, they were glad they got rid of the baby. And I think that when you look at the, uh, the law of abortion that we see today, uh, there's probably more people that would love to take care of their babies by killing them than having them. Because sin is fun. I mean, it, it happens, you know. And when I, when I got, got my wife, i give you an illustration. I got my wife pregnant before I was married. You know, I didn't tell her to get an abortion. I was a non-believer. I was a heathen. But I knew that that baby was real. And I told her that I would marry her and I would have that child. You know, and that's been, uh, you know, all through my life. I always think about that. That I could say, you know what, go get up an abortion. I have another girlfriend over here. And, and it's a very serious that these guys are having an, an intimate relationship with their girlfriends. And then they're not willing to take the responsibility you know, yes, this is my child. But how can you allow for your child to be killed? You know, I mean, you go back to the book of Exodus in a time when Moses was born. They were killing all the children. All the males, kill them all. But his mother saw that opportunity of saving him, not recognizing that God was going to use him, that he would grow up in Egypt, and he would become the deliverer to the people of God and take them out of Egypt and lead them to the promised land. That is such an amazing illustration yeah. when you think about that. She she could have given in. Easy. And, but she didn't. Yeah. She she took a step of faith. And, and if anyone's listening to this right now and you're, you're contemplating abortion, think about that story with Moses and, and his mother. She took a step of faith to preserve the life of her child. And God used Moses in profound and eternal ways. Mm-hmm. We can be so short-minded as, as people. We think that... Um, having a child is is going to create some problems or we're going to be less fortunate because of it. And that's all the flesh. That's all selfish. It's, it's all the deception of the world, the flesh, and the enemy. But if you give the Lord an opportunity to work, um, he can do amazing things. You know, you know what? Moses' mother, by faith, stepped out. Remember, there were alligators of that river. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, anything could happen. But God had his sin upon Just like God has his sin upon every one of us, that hand that came upon Moses already planned from the beginning of the world, you know, before he was ever born. God already knew he was going to be the leader to lead the people of Egypt out, and then he would become uh, uh, like a mediator, you know, between God, yeah. you know, and the people. And, and Moses wanted to do what was right in the Word of God. That's real important. The Christians, if you're out there and you're thinking of an abortion, remember, you will be held responsible too much is given, much more is required. I don't think people realize that, mm-hmm. that, you know, we're going to be judged, you know, tremendously. But I want to speak to, you know, some of the young people that are out there. Maybe you're even older. I met a, I met a person here in the church that she's had four or five abortions, yeah. you know, and on her sixth one, she finally came to the realization, what am I doing, you know? So if you're out there and maybe you've done that in the past or uh, you live with the guilt, I, I know a girl that every year, and this has been, it's over 20-something years. Every year on the, uh, the anniversary of the week that she did it, she goes into deep uh, depression, even to this day. And she's married and has children. 
but she goes into deep depression about what she did because her conviction mm-hmm. and um you know you can never sit right with uh with taking a life and so i just want to encourage you if you're out there and uh maybe that's been you or you're you know that that's been something that you experienced that, that there is forgiveness and then there is uh, a clean slate you know that the blood of christ will wash you and can cleanse you from all sin if you're willing to just take it before the throne and leave it at his feet and if you did it in ignorance, and even if you did it willfully, yeah. God will still forgive you. Just turn from it, confess it to the Lord, and and just receive His blessing and His grace and His mercy upon your life. Because it's not the end of the road, but I'll tell you what, it's the beginning of the end of the road when our society looks at that as a normal, acceptable means of dealing with a, a you know an unexpected no pregnancy. guilt, yeah, no guilt no. and no responsibility. So I think that's why we we take the stance that we take as Christians, especially dur- during our time here together, is to look at this, the big picture, mm-hmm. and see what's taking place in our nation, see how far in gone... In our church, in too. Our, in the church as well, amongst believers, unfortunately, but also to be able to look into that and see the individual and look at the long-term effects Absolutely. on the people, because we, mm-hmm. we all have dealt with so many uh, myriads of cases of women coming in here, I'm contemplating this, we've been able to pray for them, we've been able to give them alternative solutions, we've been able to encourage them, they have the child, they're blessed, or they give the baby up for adoption, and another family's blessed through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've also seen the other end of the, of the, <laughs> the other end of the spectrum that you were just referring to, the pain that someone lives with. And mm-hmm. um, that's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why mm-hmm. you, we make the stance that we make, because we love the individual. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to make a decision that they, they may make in a moment of time, but that will be with them forever in, in their own hearts battling with. And you know, the Bible says, don't, t- don't give uh, the enemy a foothold. Mm-hmm. And that is such a foothold to give the enemy, because he will tempt you to do it, and then once it's done, condemn you for doing it. Mm-hmm. And so it's so important as believers, as the church, we make this stance because we want people to walk in freedom mm. we don't we want people to walk in peace and this is a decision that people make that does not lead to peace i know sean that you've dealt with so many people within within the ministry that have made this decision and and are contemplating the decision and even having we've had healthy conversations with people mm-hmm. who may disagree with our stance on this um what do you have to say in in regards to um just the the issue of the effects of of making the choice to have an abortion you know um just as scott was bringing it up too and i've mentioned this in my testimony a few times over the years you know i actually succumbed to that pressure you know back in the day when i was young messed up on drugs and alcohol a girlfriend that i was with my early 20s uh had one and i was just so blinded by my party life i really never thought i would even see 30s or 40s that's the way our, our friends partied um, I looked at everything as the moment, the moment, the moment. And then it happened again when I was 25 before I came to the Lord, actually. And what I remember about that is I was in a very dark time. And after that day, I remember feeling so much guilt and shame. I actually went back to the clinic. I was actually going to stop her, but I got back too late. I, it's a longer story that I, I won't bring it up here. But um, it was after that time that I had so much demonic oppression I went through so much, like, I I would probably now label it as a depression, and um, I felt, it felt so evil. Um, and I felt the battle, and I, and I saw the girl individually, 
uh, what, what she went through. Once I came to the Lord and I received the love of God and the forgiveness of God, you know, I remember calling uh, that particular girl and just asking her to, you know, forgive me, forgive me for not being more forceful and, and standing in the gap. And, you know, fast forward now to the life that I have now and my children who I love with all my heart and like my children have, have changed my life. And, you know, I, I know God has forgiven me. And, you know, you don't want to have, you know, and, and as a child of God, from this perspective, you're able to see the value of life. I didn't value my own life. You know, and that's why I party the way that I did. Once I saw the reason for which I was created for, I, then I also saw other people. So you start respecting women as you maybe you treated them just like whatever, just for your, your fleshly satisfaction. And you see the value of children. You see all these things. You see it from God's perspective. And you re recognize we have choices to make in life, right? But those decisions will impact you for a long period of time. And there are girls that I know, friends that, that I've grown up with that have gone through uh, the abortions and has felt that guilt and shame as Scott was talking about. Um, true forgiveness comes in the Lord and he totally wipes the slate clean. So I would echo that, you know, don't let the enemy beat you up now. But this is the thing. As Pastor Rawls has been teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians, it says you were once this lifestyle, you know, drunkards homosexuals you know whatever adulterers Murder. murders all these things but now you don't continue living that way because if you continue living that way you continue caving into this you shall not inherit the kingdom of god continuing to practice sin and abortion is sin so the main thing is for us to recognize what it is um can god forgive us Yes, he can forgive us, but we are not to be approving of this lifestyle because it is wrong. It is wrong. And um, we are seeing, and I think this is a, a big thing too, Wayne, is that those numbers that you said in the beginning, those are huge numbers. Mm. Put that next to some of the big illnesses and sickness. Right? Yeah, all those, those are many lives that are being destroyed. And not only the lives that we don't see, mm. but the lives that are still living but are dealing with the aftermath of those decisions yeah. i mean i think that's <laughs> that's a real pandemic mm -hmm. you know that's that's the real problem and we're, we 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 have an amazing way in our culture and and media has an amazing way of masking the truth of what's really going on but as believers we should be able to see um even this election for what it really is and what's really taking place um uh, Pastor, I want you to, just as we close, I'm going to go around uh, one more time and just share your heart with the people that, that tune into your ministry, that are a part of your congregation, and that are a part of this Somebody Loves You family here on YouTube. Well, first of all, if we're really believers and we're righteous, you know, we're going to make the right choice in choosing a precedent. And um, I share with the body already, so I'll share it again. You know, you don't want to choose someone that believes in murder. In killing babies you know a party like that or anybody in the church that is going to be voting for someone that believes in murdering babies you know what should not be a Christian mm -hmm. I think that we as believers need to understand you know you can act stupid you're reading the Bible I mean the Bible is very clear about murder very clear about babies how let the little kids come out to meet Jesus said mm -hmm. so if we do not make mm -hmm. a stand draw the lines then we're going to have a bigger issue in the church. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the Lord is not like just sitting back, letting this no. 
letting this this evil go on. Scott, in the Bible, there were the, the sons of Issachar. The Bible says that they, they knew the times and they understood how to act, how to conduct themselves. They knew what to do. Um, encourage the believers here um, who are watching, even, even non-believers, of pressing into the Lord in this relationship with Jesus and having the ability to discern and walk righteously through these difficult days. Yeah, and one, I'll touch on this a little bit because we, we get this a lot, is uh, in the church and outside the church, I cannot vote for X, Y, Z. I cannot vote for this person. And I, I tell them, get past the person and look at the organization or the party that's represented. Which one closely represents what you believe in your core for your ethics, for your morality, for your Christianity. And that's what I've been telling. Don't look at the person, but look at the ethics. Look at what you believe as a Christian. Which side or which particular parties or people closely relate to your moral ethics? Do you believe in, in the defense of life, the defense of marriage? Do you believe in uh, smaller government? Do you believe in fiscal responsibility? All those kind of things. The defense of our nation, uh, you know, the, 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 the building up and the representation and the supporting of, of the Constitution. Those are important things. It doesn't matter anything else. And you say, well, there's nothing I can do. Abortion's already legal, so that's not even an issue anymore. Well, it's not. That's like saying, okay, well, drugs aren't an issue. Just give them to your kids then. No, we can't do that. We have to... We have to constantly be pushing, fighting, pushing, fighting till the very end, till the Lord comes back. That's what he's called us to do. We are to stand for righteousness. We have to stand for righteousness. God knows that in our times before we were Christians, we stood for unrighteousness all the time. Now we're believers. We're, we're transformed. We're, we're washed by the blood. We're filled with the Spirit. We have his consciousness, his mind. We have his word. And now it's our responsibility to not only for ourselves stand up, but also share with other people, hey, your responsibility as a Christian is to vote according to what God's word says. And that means defend life, defend the defendless, those that can't defend themselves, stand up and support the ideals of what scripture teaches. And, and that, that, that in itself will help you to make the right decision. If you're led in the spirit and in the word, God will show you what to do. And as believers, we're called to be salt and light. Mm. And that, that calling never stops. And I think the um, moral decay in our nation, as well as the powerlessness in the church, is a result of, a, of the, the church not being salt and light mm. for, for many years. Um, Sean, I think it's important that maybe we, we wrap up here with this an exhortation to that, an exhortation to stand in the gap. Because as Scott was saying, you may say, well, abortion's already legal. What difference does it make? Well, as a father and as a mother who are raising young children, it's important to be able to show your kids the right way to walk. If for nothing else, you make a stand in your home for righteousness and let the Lord honor that. I share about the importance of that. Uh, it's a domino effect if you don't. You know, we've already done the podcast on marriage, and we said when marriage started to be devalued, look at what happened in society, and is already going at a, a lightning speed ahead in a lot of different areas that starts affecting everything. It starts affecting the culture, all this different ideology that is in our school books in a lot, a lot of ways, things that are on television, are all the result of the devaluing of marriage. Then the same thing with, with children and abortion. Um, because of all these guards have been approved and, and voted in, there's a domino effect. What is that? It gives easier access for young kids with not the ability to reason, to make life-altering decisions by having getting an abortions at a young age, all because various issues have been approved by, by law. And like you said right now, if you don't stand in the gap, if you don't stand for righteousness, the next generations are going to deal with the consequences of our decisions. Is it possible that God can move in our nation 
and our and the administration and our president and the powers that be and say, you know what, this is wrong. And at least start in a place where there's stronger restrictions that eventually go down to a place where maybe some of these things are removed. It's definitely possible, but it's standing up now. It's standing for righteousness and truth now. Um, and you, if you don't, you will see the consequences in the future. As you continue lowering the standards of marriage, as you continue lowering the st standards of life, you will see moral decay in our society and we'll have no one to blame but ourselves. Um, we as, as children of God are called to be salt and light. And as in the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, they were called to be salt and light. You guys talked about the fact of Kings and Chronicles. When they started being influenced by the world and taking all these immoral practices, you know what eventually happened? Judgment came. They had the freedom to live however they wanted to live, make the choices they wanted to, 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 to make. And they made those choices, and they made carnal choices and immoral choices, and eventually judgment came, moral decay came, and there was brokenness, and there was, they were led into captivity. If we don't want that same kind of aspect to happen to the United States of America, then we need not only revival in the church, of the church standing for truth and righteousness, we need to be praying for our governing officials, praying for these laws because a lot of this stuff was instituted in the last 50 60 years where the church being asleep and not thinking that it was important for us to get involved in any way and just like that boom right into your school books and, and all the ideology throughout the 60s 70s all the way to the current time and it has shaped the culture that we are around today so we have to be light in the days that we're living in today and in closing here uh pastor Rolf, as a I guess you could say as a young family right now, looking at this world, raising children in it, um, close with a message of hope to your listeners right now. Just the gospel, the message of hope and restoration uh, that's found in Christ. Well, I think that this starts with reading the Bible and praying and waiting upon God to speak to you as an individual so that you can live your life every day in Christ. If we don't have guidance, uh, what, what are we going to do in living for Christ? You know, there's so many people today, maybe you're listening today, that uh, you think you are on the track. You know, you're actually heading to the cross. But the cross is the key to everything. The, the, the cross brings you to a place of death where I don't have to be told that I got to read the Bible, I got to pray, I got to go here. The cross is in your heart. And automatically I get up and I read and I pray and I go here and I go there and I automatically share the gospel with people. You know why? Because I recognize people are hurting. Mm -hmm. I mean, look around. There's people that are hurting mm -hmm. and they need Christ. Mm -hmm. Especially those, like Scott said, those that feel, well, you know, you're at the, you're at the store wherever you are and there's a woman that had committed adultery or let's say somebody killed a baby, you know, and they're really hurt. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to do. And God puts you in, you know, he places you in front of that person. And you have to have discernment to be able to share with them and say, you know what, God forgives you. But you have to, you have to be willing to repent. Mm -hmm. And then God can do a tremendous work in our lives. Mm -hmm. And that's the heartbeat of why we're doing what we're doing. And that wraps up the second installment of this We the Church uh, series, Equipping the Body of Christ on How to Vote Biblically um, this coming election. If you haven't subscribed to Somebody Loves You Worldwide on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe, you hit the notification bell, and that you share this video. Stay tuned for our next uh, topic where we will be discussing the issue of the church, a huge
hugely important issue as we've gone through so much um, as a church over the course of these past few months. But until next time, God bless you.